0: Good morning, Yakma Vineyard Church family. This is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to welcome all of you this morning. Um, As I was praying about talking this morning, I really... uh, uh, God reminded me of the scripture where it talks about, even though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, if I have not love, I'm merely a clanging gong or a resounding cymbal. In other words, I just make noise if I don't have God's love as an integral part of me as, as something that permeates my every waking hour of my life, that God's love has to be something that we're baptized in and that we walk in. And I felt, um, I just felt like I was supposed to encourage us. With that this morning, like I said, as I was praying about the message today, um, we are called to be God's love. We're called to be God's people. Um, and so let us, let us walk that out. Let us be, it says that God is love in scripture, right? Um, and so if we're his people, then we should be that as well. Um, so I just, I hope you can hear that. I felt I, I really felt strongly that was from the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I just wanted to share that with you this morning. Um, a quick, uh, note, um, regarding, um, Yakima moving forward. Our numbers have been doing a lot better. Uh, there were a number of days where we were in the teens with our numbers. Um, and so they've started to open stuff up, um, including re- indoor religious services. Um, they've capped that at 50 people. So Dave and I are going to be meeting tomorrow morning and discussing kind of what that means for us um, and how we're going to proceed forward. Um, Dave is going to take a point on our um, COVID precautions and communicating with you guys about what we're going to be doing. Pastor Dave is, um, gonna kind of take that on I've started back at my tech job at the school with us going hundred percent virtually you can imagine they're keeping me pretty busy (laughs) so Dave is gonna handle that for us and I I deeply appreciate my partner Uh, not in crime but in the Lord (laughs) Uh, Dave's amazing so yeah um, so look forward to hearing um, from him and and probably Michelle as well This week, regarding uh, moving forward uh, with what we're looking at with uh, church services. So, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into John 16. Lord Jesus, uh, we need you now more than ever. Holy Spirit, we need your wisdom, we need your guidance, we need your protection. Father God, we, we just want to bring your kingdom to bear on a world that, that so badly needs you. Lord, our, our world is, is broken because of the choices we as humans have made and the things we've, we've done um, with the beautiful creation that you gave us. Um, and so God, we want to be your people. We want to be the people of the way. We want to be a people who sincerely and wholeheartedly and fervently, courageously pursue bringing your kingdom work to bear on our world, God. Lord, I want, Lord, just more than anything to see our world redeemed, to see it made whole, to see it become what it is you are originally envisioned for us when you created this beautiful world for us, God. And Lord, how we treat each other, how we treat uh, uh, the universe that you've given us. Lord God, this uh, amazing, creative uh, planet that you uh, made for us, God. Lord, um, I look forward to that day when you redeem all things. Lord, when all things are made right, Lord, when you say when, when weeping has ended, uh, when you bring everything into alignment with your will, Jesus. Lord, we look forward to that day. And Lord, may we put our hands to the plow and do the work that we need to do to help make that happen, God. Lord, may we at the Yakima Vineyard continue to re-up and continue to commit to working, to bringing your love and your kingdom to bear on a world that just so desperately needs it, God. Lord, show us how to truly be your followers. Amen. Uh, So we're going to be talking about some of the costs of being a follower of Jesus today. Um, John 16, 16 16-33 is our passage we're going to be looking at. So as we have been, we're going to begin with Talking about Jesus, Jesus is the way. He is the way for us to follow. And it's not just enough for us to worship God, but we're called to emulate the lifestyle of Jesus, to be the people of the way. Jesus is truth. Jesus is literally all truth. He's the primary revelation of God's character to our world. And Jesus is the life. Through Jesus, he gives life both now and forever. John 16, 16 through 19 says this. Soon you won't see me any longer. But then after a little while, you'll see me in a new way. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean? Soon you won't see me. And a little while after that, you will see me in a new way. And what does he mean? Because I'm going to my father. So they kept on repeating. What's the meaning of a little while? We have no clue what he's talking about. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and it was obvious that they were anxious to ask him what he had meant. So he spoke up and said, I'm going to jump back into that in a minute, but there was this thing, I, like I kind of got what the disciples were saying. It seemed really circular, right? Like Jesus says, you will see and you will see. It's kind of confusing, much as it confused the disciples. And so I had to dig in a little deeper. As I was writing this, as I was putting this together, I felt the Holy Spirit direct me to encourage all of you that if you're struggling with a part of Scripture, if you're struggling with a part of the teachings of Jesus, I want you to keep digging. I don't want you to just be, well, I don't understand it, and so whatever. Um, I want you to keep digging. I want you to keep searching. I want you to to really uh, invest yourself in what is god saying what does he mean what's what's the context of what's god saying who's he writing it to why is he saying this what are god's what you know and through reading in the scripture jesus and knowing what i know of jesus what are his motives for saying this what what's his purpose what's jesus really trying to get at so rather than just saying oh well i can't understand it or i can't read scripture and you know or i haven't had enough school for it, or, uh, you know biblical education or whatever that's not good enough. I want you to dig in and see what it is that Jesus is trying to say. And, and when you come up across a piece of scripture that's kind of catches you, I want you to dig into it. So I did that here. Cause I was a little bit like Jesus is saying, see, and then he's saying, see, and like, it's the same thing. So what's he talking about? It was confusing. And so in the original Greek, um, there's two different meanings to the word see here. Um, there's theorite, meaning you do behold. In other words, you gaze on something. You're, you're looking with your eyes. And the other one is opaseth, which means you will see, meaning you will understand. So the word see, see and see, but two completely different contexts and two completely different meanings. And so as I was thinking about this, I was thinking like the word, you know, in English, the word deer. Like, I could say, I love my deer. Now, I could be talking about, depending on the context, a four-footed animal that lives in the forest and is really cute, you know, everybody likes Bambi, right? Or I could be talking about, like, my dear wife. Christy, you know, it's like, and so when I say, I love my dear, if I'm saying that to you, unless you're understanding the context of what I'm saying, it might be really easy to misunderstand what I'm trying to say. And so much of scripture is context dependent. You know, there's this bumper sticker I've seen out there in some Christian circles of, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Like, well, the Word says what the Word says. The Bible says these words, and so that's exactly what it means. And that's not always the case if it's not in context, if you don't understand the context, if you don't know who it's being said to, why it's being said What's the intent of what's being said? What's the situation regarding what is being said? I mean, there's just a whole lot more behind it, just like with what I was using my illustration of if I'm telling you I love my deer. And you don't know whether I'm talking about the animal or my wife. So context is so important. And the context here in this scripture is so important. Jesus is saying when you see, when you look upon something with your eyes, and then Jesus is saying when you see, when you understand And so that's why that was a little bit confusing to me. And so I had to dig into it more. And so that's my encouragement to you as well. Dig into scripture. Research. Find out more. It's so important. There's there's no more better education that you can pursue than understanding God trying to reveal himself to us. And that's all. I mean, really, that's what theology is. And I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more next week. But um, when we get into kingdom of God theology, theology is just, it's the study of God. And scripture is part of God trying to reveal himself to us. And then Jesus coming is an even greater revelation of God trying to show himself to us. I mean, God, you know, through the Old Testament, he used miracles and he used his prophets and sometimes he used kings. And he was trying to reveal himself, and and it didn't always go very well. And So he thought, well, you know what? This isn't quite working out the way, you know, people aren't still aren't getting it. So I'm going to put on flesh, and I'm going to come down there myself, and I'm going to show you in person. I'm going to come into your neighborhood. I'm going to come into your space. I'm going to put on an earth suit as God and come down and walk among you and reveal myself to you. And that's what, you know, that's what Jesus did is he, he, he took on flesh and revealed himself, and it was God revealing himself to us. Because um, God is constantly wanting to reveal himself to us. He is, he is constantly, and, and you know, so when Jesus left the Holy Spirit, that's what the Holy Spirit does now. The Holy Spirit reveals God to us and shows himself to us. Um, and so God's constantly trying to woo us. God's constantly trying to engage us. God's, God's constantly trying to bring us to an understanding of him. He wants us to know him. And so I hope my prayer is for all of you to be passionate about pursuing the knowledge of God. See if my clicker will continue here. All right. Um, with that being said, God is mystery. And we can never completely grasp all the depths of of who God is, right? However, he wants for us to delve into him. He wants for us to dig into him. He wants us. I mean, that's, you know, that's why he did send Jesus. Let's continue to read. Uh, 1620, John 1620 says this. Let me make it quite clear. You will weep and be overcome with grief over what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you'll be filled with sorrow. But know this, your sadness will turn to joy when you see me again. Just like the woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains in delivering her baby, yet after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that a new baby has been born into the world. Now, I've only experienced the pain and discomfort of childbirth secondhand, so I can't speak to this firsthand. However, that this illustration that Jesus used really strikes home to me. I mean, you know, I remember the discomfort and the the morning sickness and the pain in her body and all the other stuff that my lovely wife Christy went through, you know, as she was giving birth to Cormac. But when Cormac came, you know, it was. Um, it changed our lives. He changed our lives for the better in so many ways. And so even all of the struggle and the fear and, and, you know, there was, we weren't sure he was going to make it because of some complications with his birth. And, and, um, you know, and now he's a senior, um, in high school. And, uh, it's been such a joy. He's been such a joy. He's, He's given so much to our lives. And so that difficulty, that struggle of childbirth, you know, the joy that it brings once it comes to fruition is incredible. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And I believe, guys, um, in the church right now, uh, capital C church, the, the church universal, all of us who are followers of the way collectively, we're in some birth pains right now there is something being birthed in this time and in this moment of great angst and anger and rage and difficulty and um, struggle and sickness and economic disparity and i mean there's just there's so much um going on right now and believe that this is is birth pains in regards to the church. If we can be strong, if we can endure, if we can press in to what God is doing right now and be listening for His Holy Spirit and be listening for the prophetic voice of of hearing people's cry of, of pain and anguish and, and, and yes, anger. If we can have a listening ear, it says that God hears the cries of those crying out for justice. It's all over in Psalms and in Proverbs and in both the Old and the New Testament. It says that God's ear is inclined to hear the cries for justice. and I believe we're in one of those moments. And I think if the church can truly rise up and be God's voice and be God's people and, and lend itself to um, soothing the, the wounds and caring for the wounds and the hurts, um, both real uh, as far as physical and both mental, emotional, spiritual wounds that, that are in our world right now, if, if we can be there as healers if we can be the peacemakers that Jesus spoke about being blessed, that blessed are the peacemakers. If we can rise up and truly be the people that Jesus expects us to be, there will be a move of God and a sweeping revival and a renewal of the Holy Spirit, I believe, like we've never seen before. But it's not going to happen by us passively just watching all of it pat go by. And it's not going to happen by us engaging in, um, division, both in the church and out of the church. We have to be a unified people of God. That doesn't mean uniformity. You remember what God gave me before actually all of this happened. One of the words God gave me last winter was that, um, Unity does not mean uniformity. So I'm not talking about us all having to be uniform. But unified in our pursuit of Jesus. And together pursuing Jesus. Even if sometimes we're coming at him from different angles. But we're all striving towards Jesus. If we can do that, you guys, there is going to be a move of God and a revival and a move of the Holy Spirit like we haven't seen in decades or maybe even centuries. And I truly, truly believe that. But the church has to rise up and truly be the people of God. And so I hope you guys are all on board with me for that. Sorry, I started preaching there, which I guess I should be doing on a Sunday morning. Um, Let's continue on in the scripture, 22 through 24. So will you also pass through a time of intense sorrow when I'm taken from you. But you will see me again, and then your hearts will burst with joy, with no one being able to take it from you. For here's an eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask him anything you desire. And he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking him. And you can be sure that you will receive what you ask for. And your joy will have no limits. Ask him for anything you desire. And he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. I feel like that's the key part of this passage. It's the essence of what Jesus is saying. If we have relationship with him. And we're asking for the types of things that Jesus would ask for. Then the father will respond to us. Because of his son. Because of his love for Jesus. And because of Christ in us. But the the key part of that is being in relationship with Jesus. So that doesn't mean asking for God to, you know, give me Amazon, (laughs) you know, kick Jeff Bezos out, give Dusty Amazon, you know, like that. Not asking for that type of thing. But if if I'm wanting to, you know, if I'm praying to God and saying, Lord, show Your mercy on Your people. Lord, show us Your mercy. Would You bring healing to myself and to my city? To my church, to my nation, Lord God. Lord, would you bring healing? God's going to answer those calls. He's going to answer those heartfelt prayers. So ask yourself, what kind of things would Jesus be asking for? And then pray for those things. Have the Holy Spirit join with you and say, Lord, how should I pray? Just like the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, how should I pray? And Jesus responded with pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. See, I mean, you know, just I could continue on, but... You know, when we ask God for the right things, he responds, he always responds. John 16, 25 through 30 says this. I have spoken to you using figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer need to teach you with veiled speech, but I will teach you about the Father with your eyes unveiled. And I will not need to ask the Father on your behalf, for you'll ask him directly. Because of your new relationship with me. For the Father tenderly loves you, because you love me and believe that I've come from God. I came to you, sent from the Father's presence, and I entered into the created world. And now I will leave this world and return to the Father's side. His disciples said, At last, you're speaking to us clearly. And not using veiled speech and metaphors. Now we understand that you know everything that there is to know. And we don't need to question you further. And everything you've taught us convinces us that you have come directly from God. As we've discussed before, part of the work of the Holy Spirit is revealing God and revealing his word to us. And I think, I believe that that's what was happening here. As Jesus spoke the Spirit of God was working on the disciples, and he was opening up the words of Jesus to them. And I guess my question is, have you ever had this happen to you? Um, I've had it happen a couple times, like uh, multiple times over over my life, many times, um, where like I'm reading a piece of scripture, I've read it a bunch of times before, and suddenly it has new meaning. Suddenly there's new life. Suddenly something's Jumping off of there and connecting with my, with my brain and with my spirit. And that's, that's the Holy Spirit of God revealing God to us. Maybe you've been in on a Sunday morning or, or at a conference or something. And somebody is teaching out of the Word. And they say something that, like, Scripture clicks. And Scripture opens up to you in a way that it never has before. Or, or God reveals something to you that in a new way. That's the Holy Spirit. As I was saying earlier, God wants to reveal himself to us. God wants to show himself to us. God wants desperately a relationship with us. And so it's up to us to respond in kind. Continuing on. Jesus replied, now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you will all be scattered. And each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. This part of the scripture just really spoke to me. I'm never alone, for the Father is always with me. And we know through scripture that the same thing is true for us. What Jesus is saying here, this truth Jesus is expressing here, is the same for us. God is always with us. He is our shelter in times of trouble. The Lord says he won't leave us. And so I wanted to read Romans 8, 38 through 39 to continue on with this thought. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It's just. It's so important. And it's so good. And it's so powerful. We have to hold on to the fact. That the Father is always with us. That Jesus is always with us. That the Holy Spirit is always with us. And you are never alone. No matter your circumstance. No matter the depths of trouble that you're in. No matter what you're wrestling with. You are not alone. God is with you. If you're his follower, if you're a person of the way, God is with you. Finishing off with 1633 says this, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace, the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. I'm going to read that scripture one more time. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For this unbelieving world, you will experience troubles and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Hold on to that promise. Hold on to that hope that Jesus expresses here. The peace which is in him will be in us, and that we can have confidence, and that we can rest in him. Jesus tells us that there's going to be trouble. Jesus tells us that there's going to be sorrow. He warns us that this world is going to be hard, and it's going to be difficult, and that bad things will happen. But he commands us to be courageous because he ultimately has conquered the world. Jesus has the victory. And because he has the victory, and we are his brothers and sisters, that we've been grafted into that vine, that we're a part of who he is, that victory is ours as well and we have to stand on that we have to hold on to that when things are hard thank you lord that you have already won see we cheated a little bit and jesus told us what the end of the story is that he already won we got to go to the end of the book to see the ending i want to finish with this the gospel is about much more than how we get saved and how we go to heaven. The gospel is about the work of Christ, the work of Jesus, saturating every aspect of our lives. See, it's it's not just you know our our one of our the senior pastors, our original senior pastors. Um, when I first came was Wayne Purdom and he used to have the saying that it's about more than just a barcode getting slapped on your butt and getting scanned into heaven. That, that our Christian walk is about so much more than that. Our Christian walk is about the gospel, the good news. The gospel means the good news. The gospel of Jesus saturating, soaking. If you've ever seen a dry sponge and then that sponge gets placed in water and it expands, and it fills, and every pore of that sponge gets filled with water, that's how we're to be with Jesus. We come to Jesus as a dry sponge. And when we're baptized, and we're immersed in the Spirit of God, we soak, our, our job, our purpose is to soak in every ounce and every bit of Christ that we can possibly contain until it saturates every aspect of our life that's my encouragement for you this week would you allow jesus to continue to saturate you to continue to fill you holy spirit we ask you in the name of jesus holy spirit would you fill us would you saturate us lord may we be baptized in the spirit of god So that we can carry that out to a world that is broken and desperately needs you. The only answer to the brokenness in our world is you, Jesus. And we need you so desperately, God. And so may we, as your followers, God, Lord, would you fill us right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. By your name, God. Would you fill us. Would you fill us, Lord? Lord, may we be baptized. May we be saturated in your spirit, God, that we can carry that out and bring you, you and your kingdom, God, everywhere we go this week. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, I want to encourage you to check um, our website and our social media pages this week. Um, for information and updates on kind of regarding how we're going to approach if we're doing indoor services or kind of what that looks like and all of that. So God bless all of you. Take care. Um, We love each one of you deeply. May God bless you.